you have a problem in your organization, it starts at the top. And I never forgot that. That's hard to recognize sometimes and hard to admit and hard to look at. But one thing I always do is say, how could I have done that better? Hey, CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman podcast, the podcast where we discuss everything you didn't know went into being a business owner. I'm so excited for today's guest. If you are looking for a strong female figure to look up to, we have got a treat for you. Today, I am talking to Stacy Sauer. Stacy is the owner of Brand Property Groups and has truly built success for herself. During her first year as a real estate agent, she sold over 50 homes, and this number has climbed each year for the past 23 years in her career as a top producing real estate agent. In 2022, she won Denton County Top Sellers Agent, and Stacy has also managed to be a host for two streaming platform TV series. Crazy enough, Stacy's original career wasn't even in real estate. She actually started out as a teacher and is here with us today to give insight into how she built her business into what it is today. Stacy, I am so excited to have you here with us. Well, thank you for having uh, me. I'm very excited, too. I have not done an official podcast before, so I'm very excited about this opportunity. Yes, we're so happy to have you here. So first off, I would love for you to just give our listeners a little bit of insight into your story and how you really began your career and that transition into the real estate world. So this is very interesting. I was actually older as I got into real estate. I was probably around, I would say, 35 to 40-ish, somewhere in there. And I, like you said, I had been uh, a school teacher. And um, my father had passed away at a young age of 51. And my mom had moved to the Texas area from California. And I went on uh, the house hunting trips with her. And I just watched the process. I've always been a very curious human being. Um, I have a lifelong love affair with learning. And, you know, I just jump into things and love to learn. And I was very curious about this process. And I just noticed how it worked. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to check this out. So I decided to jump off a ledge and get my real estate license. Why not? And... Um, Back then, because I am now 60, I went to the real estate school and I could use my degree um, and I needed to take three classes. So I took a Friday off and I took three classes. So I did it in three weekends. And then I took the exam. And Texas, by the way, has a pretty tough real estate exam compared to other states is my understanding. But I did pass it the first time around. I wouldn't be a teacher for nothing, right? <laughs> so I took the prep course. I studied. I passed it. And I decided to put my license on furlough. At the time, you could do that. That means I put it on, you know, kind of set it aside for a year. And if I didn't like this, I could always go back. And uh, I, I ended up, like you said, selling, you know, a little over 50 houses my first year, rookie of the year for the company, you know, the broker I worked for, which was Keller Williams, I'm still there. And what I found, well, I found it fascinating for one, um, but I really found that 
the real estate business and the teaching business, education, they have a lot of parallels. Yeah. So in education, you really facilitate and you consult and you coach and you help children learn. And children are all very different and they learn in very different styles. And you have to figure out how to best impact um, them and how to get the information to them in the way that they learn best if you're going to be successful at that. Adults aren't any different. <laughs> and you are not the first person who's told me that either. That is so fascinating that you found all of those parallels yeah. and were really able to leverage the skills that you had already used. I mean, this is a really common theme we see in the entrepreneur world, maybe building a business not in something you had a degree to do or you started out doing, but really being able to leverage the skills that you are learned in a different career. and. At the end of the day, you know, this is a service business and you are serving people just like you are serving kids at school. And so learning to use those parallels, I think, is so important. So what would you say, I mean, you started out 50 homes in your first year. That's incredible. What would you say was the best thing that you did that allowed you to get there and achieve that? I would say that it was communication. It's communication skills. It's really understanding, uh, because obviously I didn't have that much background yet in the actual real estate world, but I did in the people world, even if they <laughs> were little people versus big people. I understood how people work, and I really tell people real estate is not a sales job. You cannot force someone to purchase something. <laughs> it is a people business, and understanding who people are and how they work and how they process and how they make decisions is, and I was doing that without realizing it because I still did that when my previous career. So just communicating with them, um, I think, and understanding where they were at and help guiding them to making a decision or help guiding them to understand the information to make a decision, I think was key in the success that I had. That's awesome. Yeah. And obviously, you know, like you've shared, the real estate industry is incredibly relational and it's a lot about, you know, cultivating those lifelong relationships. Mm -hmm. Truly. Are there things that you do to really, you know, keep in touch with your past clients mm -hmm. to make sure that you're top of mind if things happen in the future? You know, how do you continue to cultivate those relationships after, you know, maybe that one transaction has passed? That is a very good point. So most of our business is repeat and return business and referral business. And yes, it is very much a relationship-based business. And that has changed over the years and how you do it, how things are done. People trust people they know. They look for referrals. You know, we deal a lot with the trades. So, you know, we have vendor lists. And so we offer vendors. We also, you know, we... Um, do events uh, year-long for our clients, and we provide services, you know, for our clients. And we send out, you know, yearly uh, information so that they can look at what their property values are. Do they need to protest their taxes? Hopefully there's <laughs> not a lot of tax people on here. Just laughing. But, you know, these are all things, you know, we educate them. Does it make sense for them to sell the house that they're in? Should they keep it as an investment property? We can guide them through that. Are they going to have kids? Will that help them pay for their college for those kids? You know, we're a lifelong partner 
to help them make those decisions, not just help them get an AC person, but help them make some financial decisions along with their financial people. Does this make sense to them? Yeah, I love that you basically said, you know, you help guide them through life. And even talking about, does this help your kids go to college? It's not about a home. It is, but it's not. (laughs) And really knowing the deeper meaning behind what these things people want, I think that's something that most business owners really have to figure out. You know, in my career, I've learned people don't care about the numbers of their business. They care about what that means for them, what that means for their financial future, what that means for, you know, their security and their comfort in their business. And that's so great that you've kind of learned that. And I also love that you have made a business that really could be one-off transactional, right? You could sell or buy a house for somebody and then move on. But like you said, making sure you have those repeat clients, that's a huge struggle for a lot of people in a business that doesn't have a recurring revenue model. And I think that you doing events and things like that, I always say, let your clients be your own advocate and they'll talk to each other and they'll talk to you. And you know, if you have two clients that like you and they keep talking about you, let them sell you. I think that's so exciting and a really great way to approach that. So obviously, you know, you had stellar success for f- your first year, but were there ever times when it was hard and you're like, oh, I don't actually know if I'm cut out for this? So I have to laugh at this. <laughs> I still have, you know, I am a, a personality, probably type A. I like to be really busy. And so anytime something slows down, you know, the sky is falling. <laughs> So, and it's like, you know, it's always, you should enjoy those moments. But for me, it's always like, what, what's happening? So as we all know, the real estate market flows and ebbs and we're in, you know, one of those right now. So you have to understand how things go. What goes up must come down. So you have to foolproof your business to realize that and that, you know, you have to understand the models, you have to understand money, you have to understand spending, you have to understand all of that because, you know, heydays are great, but they don't last forever. And the nice thing about real estate is people do continue to sell and buy. It just looks different depending on the market, okay? So we just came through a market that was crazy insane. Sellers got enormous amounts of money, but buyers were having a hard time buying houses. Now we're seeing first-time home buyers come back into the market. There are higher interest rates, but there are things you can do. They can buy down the rate. You know, if you're looking at new construction, a lot of the builders are offering, you know, less rates. We also know that those rates are probably going to stabilize at the beginning of next year, so you can look at some kind of refinancing. You know, we can ask the seller to contribute to maybe taking down the rate instead of reducing prices. If you have a seller that wants to sell in their FHA or VA, they can, you know, do, we can do it where they can purchase that loan because they can use that, you know, they can use that interest rate. So, and then with the equity that the buyer would have to buy out, they could get a second loan instead of coming up with all that cash. That's awesome. So you're really looking at all the creative ways that you can make something happen. It's not just the traditional conventional, hey, this is what we've always done in the past. So you're really adapting your business with the times. And I think that's so important to know, you know, there are clients out there for you, but it might not be the same exact client at every point in time. You know, right now you said you're working more with buyers, whereas previously it was working more with sellers. So how do you really go about internally saying, okay, now we have to shift our process or do you? Is it always just we have to serve whatever client is there and just adapting to that? 
Well, you're always shifting your process. That's one of the reasons I love what I do. I, I, my favorite thing about real estate is solving problems. I always look for what can we do to take whatever issue is there and look outside the box to see what we can do to solve it. Like the assumable loans right now are going to become huge for people wanting to purchase and, you know, the first mindset is kind of what we were talking about is, is a buyer thinks, oh, I've got to have all that out-of-pocket cash to assume that loan. But no, they can get a second. So maybe the second's going to be at a higher interest rate, but it's going to be way less total payment than if they were to purchase the whole thing at 7%. Yeah. So we have to look at those things. We have to talk about those things. And for the sellers who are, like, crying because they're not getting the huge overages, I can tell you, if I were to tell you what you were to get for your house in 2019, you may be very surprised what your value is in 2022 because you've probably got somewhere between 30 and 40% increase in equity minus the overage. So you still have that equity. It's still immense, you know, and we had some sellers wanting to sell who didn't sell because they didn't know where they could go to buy. Well, you can do all those things now. Perfect. So really just educating them on what is the best thing for you right now and not just, you know, saying, okay, we'll, we'll sell this and we'll buy this, but working them through all the possibilities. I think that's so important. It's definitely where, you know, your teacher and your educator really comes out to encourage people to feel better about the decisions that they're making. So I know we've talked about you did have hard times and sometimes it's scary, what are the things internally that push you forward when you say, I'm, I'm in a hard time right now and it could be easy to give up? You know, every single day someone's like, it would be easier to have a W-2 job and get a guaranteed paycheck. Yeah, it would. So what are the things that keep you going when it gets tough? Yes, and that's interesting you say that. Can't, can't say that hasn't crossed my mind <laughs> once or twice. I'm probably just, I always say in real estate, persistence is key. You just have to stay persistent. I, I truly believe, especially if you love what you do, and to me what we do is we really help people make one of the biggest decisions they're ever going to make in their lives. And we have the opportunity to not do that once, but maybe twice or three times, depending on, you know, and then help their children and possibly their grandchildren make those decisions. So I look at the big picture and, you know, success leaves clues. We didn't get where we got because we didn't know what we were doing. So sometimes we have to relook at those things. I had a life coach once sit me down and say, I want you to write all your accomplishments from the time that you started in this business. And it was empowering for me because sometimes we lose sight because we're always trying to climb that next mountain and we don't enjoy where we're at. And even sometimes that means when we're having a moment of struggle. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people feel that who are, you know, type A entrepreneurs, it's always on to the next thing and on to the next thing. But, you know, that's something I do too. I literally keep a screen screenshots in my phone of nice things my clients has texted me and nice things that I look at that and I'm like, that is why I do what I do. Because it's hard financially, it's hard stress, it's, you know, whatever, but there is nothing that is going to fulfill you more. And at the end of the day, that is the thing that matters most, right? Living the life that we want to, getting to serve the people and, and make the impact that we want to. So, you know, going through all of that yourself, are there specific things that you would say to people who are just starting out right now? Like, what do they need to focus on? I 
think there are a lot of ways to do real estate. There's probably a lot of ways to do any business you go in. So this is the teacher in me. I always say you're going to hear a lot of things from different people. You have to find what works for you and what you know that you will do because human nature says that you're not going to continue to do things you don't like for long enough to make it be successful for you. So there are many ways to approach the real estate business. Some people are going to be very relational. Some people are going to be, they're going to be very much into, they can get leads off the internet, you know. It's, there's not one right or wrong reason, but you do have to know what resonates with you, and you get bombarded with so many ideas, and do this, do that, and do this, do that, and it can cost, you know, lots of money. So I say you've got you to kind of tone into who you are, Look at where you've had success in your life previously. It came a little more natural to me. I didn't know I was doing it, but my success has been through educating and consulting. Um, and I've met people that were very successful in real estate were, who were just natural relationship builders, but the way I build a relationship is m more through the education consulting, where they were just natural relationship builders, and they did amazing as well. So you've got to know what your strength is and come from your position of strength when you look at a business and what you can offer someone. And my biggest thing is don't always compare yourself to someone else because you're not someone else. You're you. Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. And even something, you know, I've been working on lately is getting all these tips from other people. Yeah, I'll take it and I'll try it. But what that person does is not the same thing that makes you successful. You know, you are not the same person that they are. So this is your advice for people who are starting. Do you look back at your career and say, gosh, I wish somebody told me one thing or, or one fact or anything that you say, gosh, I really wish someone had told me that? So I love this podcast for a reason. When I started in this, I started in like 1998, 1999, real estate was not looked at as a business. Believe it or not, <laughs> it was more you just go out and show houses, you know, and the focus kind of started to switch. So those of us that have been in a long time, like I didn't know what a P&L was, you know, I, I knew I made some money more than <laughs> teaching, right? But um, not that that was the thing. I... I, I'm a big believer that if you do something just for money, it's going to be empty. you got to do it because you're passionate about it. When you look at something, learn about that business, understand the finances of it. That is not something that when you go into real estate, they really teach you about. You need to probably find that and understand that from the beginning, and you will be far more set on the path, I believe. Yeah, I think that's so important to say. And even I have people, I make content on social media all the time about, you know, self-employed people or business owners. And one of the biggest questions I get is people like, what about a real estate agent? It's like, no, you are a business from a tax form perspective. I fill out your forms the same way as a business. But also you have the ability to, one, my favorite part of a business owner, control how much money you make. That is massive. And that is an incredibly important thing to hone in on as a business owner and say, yes, I am a business owner. I control my destiny, my time, my finances. I control all of that. So I love that you talk about getting to know yourself as a business. You have the chance to change your operations, change, you know, whatever you need to, but you have to view yourself 
you're the CEO of your own business. And that's a fantastic mindset to start to have. So obviously you started alone and, and then you started growing. At what point or were you ever at a point where you were like, now is the time to grow? Or is it always scary? It's always been scary. So the one thing I've always done is I've had a coach from kind of early on. And I think that's been pivotal probably in my growth because I didn't know what I didn't know. And so people have set the path before you and it's good to help. So the first coach kind of taught me hey, here's what your numbers are. And I was very afraid to look at those, right? So if you don't have that kind of background, you're like, what? And But power is knowledge. Power is knowledge. I say that all the time. You can't be afraid of those things. You have to understand it. So the first thing was is understanding the numbers, understanding what you need to have to make a certain amount. And then I, you know, I was doing about 50 to 60 deals, and it was me, and then my husband, who has a full-time job, was the best unpaid assistant <laughs> I've ever had, and my coach at the time said, you, you're going to have to make a conscious decision. You can stay where you are, and you're working like crazy, or you can, she said, you can, uh, you can grow on purpose. I'd never heard that. Right, because that sounded scary. Being responsible for another human being, besides my kids, sounded really <laughs> scary. But she broke it down to, you know, it's like a 90-day commitment. You hire somebody, they should bring you time. And so that's where that started. And I, I've kind of grown from there. I've had bigger teams and smaller teams, real estate. As it ebbs and grows, that can change. Because one thing I will say, as you bring on people to your team, when you have people that have that want to grow, they may not always stay with you, and that is okay. Yeah, that's a great point. It's so funny because I always think about, you know, when I hire people, it's so scary that they leave. And then it's like, no, you want them to. I left. I left somebody else's team and started my own thing, and I want that for the other people in my life. And I also love that you brought up having a coach. I truly believe even I don't think the word like solopreneur is very accurate because nobody does this solo everybody needs whether it be somebody to hold them accountable it's very easy to kind of just get complacent as a business owner especially when you are quote-unquote successful you're making enough money to live your life what keeps us from being complacent and I love that you said you know a coach and a mentor and someone to push you forward and someone to give you the hard truth like sometimes I need someone to look at me and say get off your couch and work <laughs> because you need to get forward. And, you know, to have someone tell you that hard truth, that's one of the things I do a lot with my clients. I say, remind me of your goals. What are your goals for your business? You know, I want to save for retirement. I want to be able to afford to put my kids in private school, whatever that is. And every time I give them their report that we meet, on the bottom it says, these are your goals and here's our progress towards them. Just to keep reminding you, like, why you're doing this thing and you know you told me you wanted that so we're going to make sure we get that for you i think that's so important so you know obviously you grew and you scaled with the team so did you ever get to a point where you're like yes i am successful now did you ever feel like that at all i think success is relative right so i tend to think if i've gotten here what else is next? So I don't know that I, I don't look at it. I don't, 
I laugh because I think, okay, when I pass away, is anyone really going to care about any of these things, right? These awards or I think success for me is maybe more in the people that I have in my life, the people that I help. But yes, real estate is very, you know, it's a very competitive business. It's very measured. So I have to stay out of the weeds on that sometimes, I'd like to say. And that's only me looking at that, right? No one else. But it is measured, you know, by how how many houses you sell, how many, what's this, what's that. But what's interesting is it really doesn't measure anyone's life because you can have all that volume and you can have all that GCI, but you could also really not be bringing any money home because you could be spending all that or owe taxes. You don't know. So success to me is it has to be a package of things. Yeah, I always tell my clients, your money is the tool that gets you there, but your success is what you started out in this business to do. Was it to get more time with your family? Was it to not have to report to anybody? What was it? And I think that's super important. When you got into this industry and said, you know, I want to go into real estate, what was the, you know, the thing that you wanted? Was there something that you were like, I want more time with my family? I want to be my own boss? Or was it just, I want to try out something new and see how it goes? Interesting. So, you know, I don't think I thought a lot about, oh, this might bring more time or more money. I thought this looks challenging. It looks fun. I'm always, I always say I won't do something unless I think it's fun. That's funny. But it has to be engaging for me, and I have a very curious mind, and I, you know, I had seen the way things were done, and I'm always a person that, why can't, I wonder if we could do this, or we could do that, and so it was a challenge to me, and I think the reason I've stayed in real estate for so long is because it continually changes. I like to be challenged, and Lord knows (laughs) this is a challenging business. That's so awesome that you really are willing to put yourself in situations to be uncomfortable. I think that's one of the things that allows us to grow in places. So where throughout your career have you faced uncomfortable situations and how do you get through that? Well, truly the first uncomfortable situation I would have have faced was when you first get into the business, I think you deal a lot with buyers and, you know, buyers are looking for a relationship. They want to know someone they can trust. And then you transition uh, to sellers and sellers is a little bit different because sellers are very business minded. You know, they want to know how quickly their home will sell, how much it will sell for. And I don't want to say it's adversarial, but it's just more of a business relationship. So I had always come from a position of being liked. So I went from, hey, I, I went from understanding that I have a I have to really take this to heart because I've promised these people that I'm going to to guide them and consult them the best way I can. And sometimes that means saying something that may they may not want to hear or they may not like. They still have the decisions to make. But my job is to educate and consult them if a market is changing or if a home is not selling. So that was the first hurdle is that, you know, you got to step out and say something, even if, if you're fearful, you may not be liked, right? In quotation, I air quotes right now. So that was my first thing is understanding that this is, is more about people's lives 
than it is about whether I'm liked or not. So that was big, right, to understand that. And then taking on, when you build a team, you take on a manager role and really finding out quickly what my downfalls were there. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be 100% honest. Because sales, you know, even though they call us salespeople, but entrepreneurial people don't necessarily have all of those skill sets, right? So through coaches and stuff like that, and I still work on those things where we are fast paced, we're impatient, you know, you have to you have to learn how to work with those things to um, build a team and bring people in and work with you. And that takes work and it takes work with a coach and it takes work with a team. And we like things to just happen. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're so focused on, you know, what is the next thing? Or I want to see progress from this move I made, but you have to know that it's going to be three, six, nine, 12 months before you really see the fruits of your labor that you've been working on. And I think that's a really important mindset to maintain as a business owner. So, you know, you said one of your struggles and, and uncomfortable patterns basically was learning where you needed help and learning how to be a manager. I think that's the case for so many people. For me personally, it's like a level of control that I want to maintain. Like I want, this is my name, my brand, my reputation. How do we begin to A, find the right people to help us and B, like trust that they're going to do the right thing for us? It's interesting. I went to a seminar, a Howard Britton seminar, and if you're really old in real estate, you will know who that is. He was really a very prominent person in real estate way back when. But I remember I went to this seminar and him saying, if you have a problem in your organization, it starts at the top. And I never forgot that. That's hard to recognize sometimes and hard to admit and hard to look at, but one thing I always do is say, how could I have done that better? What could I have done to make that a better situation? How can we learn from this? Because, of course, I wasn't the person at the top when I went to that, so I said, man, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, I took that to heart, and I don't forget it. Um, and, you know, that's something I think that we can all work on the, the rest of our lives. Yeah, really analyzing, you know, what I did well and then what I could improve on every single time you do something. Because for a lot of business owners, you're doing very similar things times and time again. Maybe you're selling a different house, but it's going through the same process and reflecting on what went well and what I can improve. There's always things to improve. There's always systems that you can be implementing and saying, why am I doing this thing manually five times? Or who can help me with this? I think that's a really important thing to always be considering. So, you know, you've kind of shared about the real estate industry. It's a pretty cutthroat industry. Do you feel like as a woman in that industry, you have had a harder time? I don't. Um, I think when I first got in it, it was, there were a lot of females in the business. I think as as this business has grown, it, it is a great opportunity to make some amazing money and money attracts people there's just that is what Mm. it is you've seen a lot more men come into the business and the opportunity to build these mega teams um you know i think it is what it is and i think as a mindset you just have to you can't wrap yourself up in that right you just have to decide what you want and then you have to go for it and it's easy to get into that negative thinking pattern but um, I think women in this industry have, it's probably a very equal playing field. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. So yeah, even for me, you know, I do feel like I face a little bit of it, but at the same time I say, you know, on the flip side, there are clients that I get solely because they want to talk to a woman and they want to trust a woman. So I feel like there are definitely fields where people view it or fear it as a disadvantage, but I've kind of had the mindset of like, then flip the script, then make it a positive. You know, there are people, just as many people who may not want to work with you because of that, there are a lot of people who do want to work with you because of your personality, because maybe you're a little more empathetic and caring, and maybe, you know, you will talk to them face to face. There's a lot of qualities that some people don't appreciate and the exact same qualities that somebody will appreciate. So looking at what you have accomplished, what would you say right now going for you you've made a success you have done so many fantastic things right now what is still you know a challenge for you or what are you looking to in the future so right now i think the real estate industry as a whole is going through a huge shift and it's not just the market it's just the way things are looked at and how things are done Anytime you have a big shift, a new generation coming up, but I think COVID's had a lot to do with that too. I think people are looking at different ways of doing business. We've always had the online presence. I don't, I don't personally believe that we're going to see people buy a house without a person involved. But I do think the way that we present a message has changed. You know, it's I, I look at everything and I try to adapt to the times. This is why I have Des, who's with <laughs> us right now. She's 22. So we really, you know, social media is huge. I have a TikTok account and we have a business one, but I have just done two TikToks. Hello. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> But reality is, and where we're listening the other day, that people are, you know, we I go to Google for everything, but the younger generation goes to TikTok. So we just have to know where things are coming from, how things are looking, and I think it's interesting. People trust other people. So the way business is being done is kind of changing, and so we have to get on board with that and see where that's going. We just, you know, when we first got in the business, people had to come to us to open doors, to see houses. And when someone says, well, I didn't find the house through you, of course you didn't because there, it's everywhere. That's not what our value is anymore. Yeah, I think that's so important that you recognize how the industry is shifting and you are moving along with it. So just one final question I have to ask for you today. Looking at all of this, going through your life, what do you think or do you think there is one or two qualities that end up being a defining factor of whether a business owner is successful or not? I do. I think they have to have a commitment to uh, growth. They have to have a com uh, they have to be persistent, but I definitely think they have to be willing to change and they have to be willing to be open-minded for sure. Yeah, I think that's incredible and really mirrors your entire story. So I am so thankful for you coming on today and sharing your experience. I feel like I have learned a lot and the listeners have learned a lot. So if people want to find you, reach out to you, where can they find you? So we are at Brand Properties. So it's Brand Properties. We have a website that's Brand Properties. The, we have a TikTok. Everything has Brand Properties in it. And I would look to Des to say what all <laughs> those things are. Brand Properties Group. <laughs> Brand Properties Group. <laughs> Brand Properties group. <laughs> Brand Properties group. <laughs> Com. It's, everything is on there. Look but at that yes. delegation. I know. I'm like, oh. 
where, where am I? <laughs> Perfect. Yes. And for the listeners, we will have all of those linked in the show notes below. So you guys can just go click that um, and you can find her. So Stacey, I just want to say thank you so much for you being on the show. Um, we have thoroughly enjoyed having you. Well, thank you. This has been a great experience. Perfect. So CEOs, we will see you next week. And I am so excited to be back. Thank you.